weeks ago, when we were thinking about how to launch the new year and praying about just a, a, a starting theme, I think maybe this was as personal for me as maybe it is for you, but the Lord just put this phrase in my heart about taking ground, just taking ground. And I don't know about you, there's times I take ground. Do you know what I mean when I say take ground? And, and sometimes I take ground and sometimes I lose a little ground and I need to re recapture that ground. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. So what, what, what kind of things do you think about when we say take ground? Think about military campaigns, taking ground, or, 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 or do you think about maybe in a sporting event where yesterday there's some crazy playoff games, when they're taking ground with minutes left, it's how many yards they can get towards their, their goal. And so in your life, in my life, there's some scripture, some promises, some things that God shows us in his word, how to take ground. How many want to take ground this year? And uh, Jan, can you pass me that flag? Um, this, was, this was several years ago. Uh, so Josh is 25 now. I think he was about 10. And we lived down in Pismo Beach, and we got a kayak. And so I asked Josh, there's this, there's this rock out there in, in Shell Beach called White Rock, and guess why it's white? Yeah, thank you, birds. And, and, and so th th there, there's this white rock out there, and, and I said to Josh, Josh, why don't we paddle out, and we will claim this rock for you. And we made a sign, it wasn't this one, it was like this, that Isle of Josh. And, and so I said, we're going to paddle out that, we're going to stake this, this stick in the ground on that island, and we're going to claim it for you. And so... 15 years ago, Pirates of the Caribbean, Captain Jack Sparrow, you know, all that. And, and, and so we got in the Blue Pearl, which is my blue kayak, and, and we decided to go out to the island and to claim it for Josh. But the problem was the weather wasn't quite conducive to claiming rocks and islands that day. And so the, the wind started blowing, the waves are big, he's 10 years old, we've, we've done some kayaking, but it's about maybe a half mile, three quarters of a mile out, that's the short way, we kind of came in at Shell Beach. So by the time we got out there, we're tossing, we're turning, we get up to the island and there's surges and I'm trying to spy this out, I can look at his face, he doesn't look real game for it, plus there's sea creatures there, there's sea lions, and, and so... In a few moments, we had to abort our taking of ground, and I've asked him later, since then, do you want to go back out? Nope. <laughs> Just, we're going to let that island stay. But the idea in different parts, maybe in your life, my life, have you ever just like spiritually stuck a stake in the ground and said, I, I, I'm claiming this. I'm standing for this. I'm, I'm getting resolute. I'm, I'm making a decree. I, I'm going to take back ground in my life. I'm going to take back spiritual ground. I, I'm going to do something different. I've been stuck, and I just need to move forward and take ground in Jesus' name. Anybody been here, in here, done that before? And so I've just got a few examples of classic examples of where this has happened. This is on the top of Mount Everest, and uh, all those flags are from different climbers who have made the summit and deposited flag. And these two guys are from the U.S. Air Force, and uh, they are displaying their flag. Not only did they make it to the top, one of them had to prove himself. Hurrah. No, that's, help me. That's Marine. What's Air Force? Nobody knows. I say it was caw, caw. I don't, I don't <laughs> but the, these guys got to the top, and, and one of them had to prove himself. He did 30 push-ups at whatever, 26,000 feet to prove himself. These guys win. These guys win. 
And in the, this is 1969 when the U.S. land on the moon and they staked to put a flag in the ground. We've had, there's six American flags on the moon as astronauts have staked their ground. And now they say you can see them with powerful telescopes. Uh, six of them are still there. I think one has fallen down, but they all turned white because of the atmosphere on the moon. And, but the flags are still there claiming turf. Here's a recent one, kind of a heart-wrenching one. This is, uh, this is the Kurds that just took back one of their, their cities from ISIS, and they got on top of the hill and planted a flag in celebration that they, they took back ground that was stolen from them. Here's, here's another famous one. This is the Battle of Iwo Jima over that island in the turf wars with Japan as we're entering towards the end of World War II and trying to find a base, a launching place for final assaults on Japan. 6,000 guys died in that fight, and that was the flag going up, staking the claim that we have victory. How many believe there's still victory in Jesus? Yeah. How many still believe that in him that, that you can overcome? In him, you can conquer. In him, you can take ground back that maybe you've lost from other things. I don't know who this guy is. I just liked it. Here's a guy, a flag in his back, cross-country skiing. He's going somewhere to stake a claim and said, I did this. I, I accomplished this. I, I made this. How about you? 2018. Is there something that God is speaking to you about where he said, I'm going to take turf. I'm going to take ground back. Maybe in your marriage. Maybe it's just say, I, I, I'm, we've settled. We've drifted. It's been tense. I'm putting a stake in the ground. We're taking ground back for our marriage. It's going to be the loving home that we designed and we asked for when we first said our vows. We're, we're going to work on this thing. We're going to, we're going to make things flow and, and take back the ground, the romance, the, the love we once had. Some might say that in your business. Some might say that in the vision that God put in your heart for ministry where you started out and the team you had kind of fell apart and maybe there just hasn't been a flow or, or, or moving together. But you would say this year, God, I'm asking you, unite us again, set us on course again, set us on fire again. Lord, we're going to take ground, we're going to take spiritual ground for what you've called us to do. And I believe as a church, we're positioning ourselves with some of the things we've done for this upcoming season to take ground for Jesus Christ. Anybody believe me this morning? So what does it mean to you? What does it mean to you this morning? As the next couple weeks, we're going to talk about just the concept of taking ground. What, what, what could be the challenge for you? Maybe, you know, you're building a business. You want to expand your market share. Maybe there's new innovations that you want to, want to do in, along those lines. Maybe spiritually, and I'm hoping it's spiritual, that, that you would say that this fire that I've let go out and I've let media and all these other things become idols where my time with God, my intimacy with God has suffered. I'm going to take back holy ground. I'm going to establish holy ground again where I've let some stuff slide. I, I'm going to take not just back any ground, but I'm going to take back ground and call it holy ground in my life. Amen. So let's go back. I, I want to talk to you from an overarching story that really is the story of the Old Testament. And it, it's the story of Moses. It's the story of captivity. It's the story of the children of Israel who were birthed out of covenant, born out of covenant. God made a covenant with Abraham. He called them out of his homeland. And just as a quick recap, and, 
Abraham, he called him and he said, I'm going to bring you into promised land and I'm making you these promises as you walk in covenant with me. He promised him a son and later came Isaac and then later came Jacob and Jacob had 12 sons and over the course of hundreds of years of history, God developed a relationship with them. He said, I chose you guys not because you're some mighty force, some uh, favored tribe. No, I chose you because you were the least of the other tribes. And I've chose you guys so people won't see your greatness and power, but they'll see my greatness and power working through you. you. You become the object of my eye, the apple of my eye, my concern because of God's love upon them. And he established covenant, and there was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the 12 sons, and there was drama and fighting amongst those 12 sons. And Joseph, the, one of the youngest of those sons, got sold into slavery and became an Egyptian slave. And because of that whole scenario and God's ability to work things for the good, drought comes to all over the, that part of the world. And here these 12 tribes of, of Jacob's sons end up in Egypt as slaves. 430 years they were slaves. They were in bondage and they began to cry out to God. Remembering that there, there's a covenant, a God who keeps covenant. Remembering there's a God who established with their forefathers a promise about better days, a promise about a better place, a promise of, uh, of provision, a promise of protection. They remember the covenant. They begin to cry out to God, and God raises up this man, Moses, with a supernatural story, who was even trained as a child in Pharaoh's house. God raises him up to be their deliverer. And he takes them through the Red Sea, you know the story, and he starts leading them and guiding them into this promised land. Because of murmuring, complaining, none of us would ever do when we read that story. We say, how could that ever be? How could that ever be? Forty years they wander, and God says, Moses passes away, and God anoints Joshua to take him into the promised land. And that's where I want to pick this up today about taking ground, because this story we're going to read from Joshua chapter 1, there's principles in this story that can apply to any area in your life or my life where we want to take ground. Are you with me this morning? So uh, let's look at a few of these. This is one depiction of as they're crossing the Jordan. And guess what goes first as they cross the Jordan? The, God's presence goes before them. God's presence goes first to lead the way. Well, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, Joshua chapter 1, and I'm going to just read it through, and then we're going to just pick out some quick points real quick to help lay this foundation for the next few weeks as we talk about taking ground. Joshua chapter 1 says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place, read three with me, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given you, as I said to Moses. Now, that's taking ground right there. That's God backing them, and God saying, every, every place you go, I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to increase your territory. I'm going to increase your influence. I'm going to increase your possession. Man, what a powerful promise. Amen? And then verse 4, from the wilderness and, the, uh, and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. And no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
I'll not leave you nor forsake you. Whoa, I'll read it again. I will not leave you nor forsake you. There's New Testament language in that there. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to the fathers to give them. Only be strong in what? Very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Don't turn from it to the left, right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not be, depart from your mouth. Ooh, we just heard a song about speaking life. Book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Man, that is just pregnant, pregnant with promises, pregnant with potential for, for new beginnings, potential, as we heard about earlier, that, that's pregnant with just potential to grow, to take ground in your life, my life as a church, in the community. Amen? Well, let's just break this down a little bit. Then, no, we've got to read this, and I want us to read it together. Verse 9, come on. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wow. Wherever you go, he'll be with you. Amen? So let's break it down. Here's just five things really quickly that we can take out of this passage and apply it to where you're taking ground and I'm taking ground. Number one, the old seasons die. God is doing a new thing. How many believe that? Maybe even in your life that he's doing a new thing. Now, last week, I tried to put this passage up, and it came up in Greek. I still don't understand how that happened, but here it is in English. It says, but forget all that. So in Isaiah 43, Isaiah's telling the whole story that I just told you. I, Isaiah's recounting how God delivered and everything they went through, and this is what Isaiah's prophesied. He said, but forget all those former things. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do, for I'm about to do something new. And see, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. And so that overarching story of the Old Testament, when it comes to Isaiah prophesying, that was 1400 BC. Here's Isaiah 700 years later. He said that that was all powerful. That's how God worked. That's how he established his people. But he said, forget all that. God's going to do something new. And he prophesies towards this new covenant, a better covenant that you and me get to walk in. So old seasons die. Moses is dead. And now he said, I want to do something new in you. Now, maybe there's something that needs to die for you to move forward. Maybe there's relationships. Maybe there's some old ties. Maybe there's some old things that you've been holding on to. Or maybe newer habits where you lost ground this year because you gave place to those things. He said, let that stuff die. I want to do something new in you. I, I, I want to move you forward into something that I have for you, it says God's promise to them. And I don't know what that is in your life. I mentioned uh, in Daybreak Chapel, which was awesome. We had a great time back there. There's over 50 people, wasn't there, this morning? We, it was just a great, great time. God, uh, you know, this was about... I don't know, September, October, Steve Hinton in one of his classes challenged us about losing weight. So I set in to lose weight. I marked out how many pounds. I started in heart. I said, I want to lose about 20. I got to about 12 pounds, and then Thanksgiving came. <laughs> and instead of taking ground, I lost ground by about, about, by about four pounds. So I, I, I'm going to get after it again. 
I, I'm going to, dang, carbohydrates, dang, all those cookies showed up. A anyway, th that idea, sometimes things got to die so you can brace what, what God wants to move forward. And one thing that has to die is that diet I was on with all those cookies. It's not a diet. Well, it is a diet. It's just the wrong kind of diet. So something's, something's got to change. Amen? I hear you mumbling. I hear you saying, never mind. So th this, this thing that God wants to do a new thing, and, and for some of us, even as the sharing was going on and the prophetic ministry was coming, that, that being stuck in our afflictions and letting that be our identity, if God wants to do a new thing, then you're going to have to shift that your identity just isn't with your hurts and wounds and stuff that's happened. You can grow through those things, definitely, but that doesn't have to mark or identify or limit who you are and what God wants to do. He wants to do a new thing in your life. Do you believe that? Now, now this is in Exodus. I love this passage. This is in Exodus. It said, Exodus 1.12, when God was taking it out, he says, but the more the Egyptians afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and the Egyptians were in the dread of the children of Israel. This is the deal here. It says the more they tried to oppress them, the stronger they got. So if you're going to move forward this year, you can say, enemy, the more you mess with me, I'm going to mess with you. And the more that comes my way, I'm going to determine, I'm sticking my stake in the ground, I'm going to grow through this. This isn't going to define me, but it's going to strengthen me for what God wants to do in me. So affliction that comes my way, that's not going to be who I am. I, I, especially some of us, come on, as, as we're getting older, I used to swear I'm not going to spend my time sitting around lunch talking about how bad my back is, this, this, this. But guess what? Now, then when there's six or eight of us around, we're all getting older, talking about the new prescription, talking about, and, and, and some of that's okay. I mean, I'm not, some of that's okay for prayer and encouragement. But I tell you what, the words of your mouth speak life. The words of your mouth, you'll, you'll start framing your image around and your, and your identity around your affliction. And I'm not trying to minimize anybody or anything anybody's going through. I get it, man. Last year was a tough year for people in our church. There was some sickness. We were fighting cancer and just different things that had happened in our church. Tough, tough afflictions. I would never make light of any of that. That's real stuff living on a fallen planet. But, but I believe when affliction comes our way, Scripture challenges us, lift up your head, lift up your eyes, see the Redeemer. Where does my help come from? It comes from the hills. It comes from above. God wants to intervene. God wants to bring breakthrough. God wants to bring change, that I'm not going to be limited just by my affliction. Amen? I, I just prophesy this over you. I, I mean, I had a rough day. The, uh, it was Tuesday. I kind of went from one thing to another. And uh, late afternoon, met with a college guy who used to come here, and he's just having a struggle of faith. And then I go outside, and we're, we're closing down the coffee shop. They see us pray, so the gals give us some, you want to give this bread away or take it somewhere? Well, I'm trying to get rid of the carbs, so I got a bag full of carbs. But outside, there's a homeless couple, and that turned in just amazing ministry and just amazing time praying for them. I don't know if you guys are here today, but if you're here, we welcome you this morning for being here. Anyway, it, it just turned in to amazing ministry, but I, by the time I was done, Tuesdays are long days, I was, I was just talking to the Lord, just, God, sometimes this gets tiring, and, and he said, yeah, you swim, you're swimming against the stream all the time in my kingdom, or in, in the world, in the world, he says, you're swimming against the stream all the time. He said, that's why I called you to come up higher, because the wind up here is contrary. The wind up here will carry you, and I just want to declare this over you, Isaiah 40. 
Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary or weak. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak. He gives an exhaustion to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar with soar on high with wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. And I just declare over you this the wind of the Spirit to carry you, lift you up over circumstances so you get a new perspective, a new vision that you've been swept along in this current and fighting against this current that God would bring you up higher and allow you to move in the direction that he's called you to take ground this year. Amen? Amen? Let, let's keep moving. Number two out of this story, God has a place, a purpose, and a people, a plan to, for you to prosper. And when you read that story again in Joshua 1, God, God tells them. He gives them a physical boundary. He said, this is the land I have for you. It goes along here by the river Euphrates, comes over by the land of the Hittites. I mean, it's a specific geographical place. And when I read that promise, I think, God, your, your passage in Jeremiah where he said, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your well-being. Lord, when you think about me, you think about plans for my life. When you think about me, you, you, you think about plans to prosper, to help me grow, not just money. We, we talked about it in Daybreak Travel. Prosperity is more than money. Prosperity comes in the form of peace. Prosperity comes in the form of confidence before the Lord. Prosperity has different, a different look to it when you're in the kingdom. Prosperity means that there's enough just for not me to hoard and to save and to buy bigger and more. Prosperity in the kingdom means I have enough and overflow so I can bless you and help you and promote you and see the gospel move forward. Amen? But he has a place for us and a purpose for us and a plan for you. And so if you think about taking ground in 2018, maybe some of you, the quest can be, God, show me my purpose this year. God, help me realize and discover again what you placed me on this earth for. I want to take new ground in those areas. And taking ground in those areas, taking ground means plowing, but also means sowing. As you sow forward, as you sow into classes, and you sow into training, and you sow into relationships, and you sow into connections, God will help you identify and move you forward in the place and the purpose for what you've been born for. Amen? You all right? Number three, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Say prepare yourself. It's tied to the last point, but when God said to them, he, he speaks to Joshua and he says, it's all changing, dude. Tomorrow, it's a new beginning. You've been trusting me for the last 40-some years. There's been manna from heaven. You've been following me, this flame by, by night and this, this uh, presence, the smoke by day. I've, I've been an ever-present help to you, but now as you cross over, you're going to have to start feeding yourself. You're going to have to learn how to glean from the farms. And as you take land, you're going to plant and you're going to develop. And he said, things are going to change. Not only that, I've trained you to war, but now I'm going to teach you how to fight and drive out, drive out the enemy, drive out those who are trying to hinder you, drive out those that are stopping you. So he said, prepare yourself. We're in 21 days of prayer and fasting. And John, is, John was sharing his word. He said, it's a time of preparation. And Fasting and prayer should put us, put us in the mindset of, God, what do you want to do, and how can I prepare in my heart? What, what do I need to change? Preparing in our, in our heart says this, in my strength, I can only do so much, but God, you've given me your Holy Spirit. 
and I want you to baptize me in your Holy Spirit. Because I, I need all your power, God. I, I need all the resources you have. I pray you'd baptize me fresh in your Holy Spirit and the strength I need and the wisdom I need and the help I need to take ground and to move forward in 2018. Amen? And so preparing yourself, Jesus said, if you go to Matthew's Gospel 5 and 6, and I'm challenging you, those that don't have a devotional plan, to, to just spend some time in Matthew 5 and 6 this week because it's Jesus' instruction to his disciples on how they're supposed to take ground. He prepared them with insight and principles, and then he said, I'm going to send you out, and he started to do that after he, he gave them instruction. Then he demonstrated healing. He demonstrated miracles. Then he began to send them out. And in Matthew 5 and 6, this is what he says. He teaches them about three things. He teaches them about giving. He teaches them about prayer, and he teaches them about fasting. And he says it this way, all three of those times, he said, when you give, he didn't say if you give, he said when you give, and he gave instruction. And when it came to prayer, he said, and when you pray, not if you pray, he said when you pray, pray like this, and you can unpack the Lord's Prayer in your devotions, you can find all kinds of resources about the Lord's Prayer online. And then he said this, and when you fast, ouch, not if you fast, in his language, he kind of assumed that followers of Christ, we would, we would spend time and we would put down the flesh and feast on him. And I shared this in, in Daybreak Chapel. See, to, to a Jewish mind or really even to a Middle Eastern mind or the cultures back then, doing, going without food, it, it would free up a block of time and it would free up resources. Now we go into the freezer, we pull out the Trader Joe's little snack, we shut it, we walk over the microwave, we push the button, and, and we're eating in three minutes, maybe. You might have to turn it one more time, because that little corner is always frozen. So you, you, you turn it one more time, and you reset it, and within three or four minutes, you're eating. But to the Hebrew mind, when, when Scripture says fast, that means all this time of going to the market or going to my garden and picking it and then having to go and purify water so I can wash it and then I have to make a fire, build a fire and I have to cook it and they have to prepare it a certain way. That was a chunk of time. And so when people fasted back then, it freed up that prep time to prepare their hearts before God. They weren't preparing food, but they were preparing to eat and eat at his table and eat in his presence. And so for you and me to fast... Now maybe it's just not the, the, the food thing. I know the food puts our flesh down. The food really, Jan and I watch an hour documentary on fasting. It's really pretty medically fascinating what fasting will do to your body. I just need the discipline to do it. How about you? Anyway, drinking water and, and allowing your systems to be replenished. But, but fasting for you and me might be fasting media might be fasting video games, might be fasting, uh, you know, just the t television and, and feasting on God and preparing ourselves for what he wants to do in this coming year. Amen? Number three, make God's word a priority. Read that with me. Amen. Make God's word a priority. One more time. Make God's word a priority. Now, this is, this is what this passage says. This book of the law shall not depart from your head. No, from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you should observe to do according to what's written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. If you want to take spiritual ground in your life, it'll never happen apart from God's word. So there, there has to be a, a commitment and, and, uh, just, and usually people do better on a plan. If I'm going to do devotionals, I usually do better with a plan, right? 
So in a few minutes, I'll have a slide. And a slide. If you don't have a daily devotional, I have some resources for you. But to, to get a plan, so you're studying God's word and you have a routine, so you're reading some, or at least pick a book of the Bible, I, I recommend the Gospel of John, that you start again in the Gospel of John and just pray, Jesus, reveal yourself to me. Jesus, I really want to know who you are and your instruction for my life in this chaotic, busy world that seems like it's all over the place. Anchor me, God, in, in my relationship with you and show me who you are. Now, Scripture says here, this, this law shall not depart from where? Your mouth. And there's power in decreeing and declaring the word of God. Do you believe it? When Jesus was going through temptation, what did he say to Satan? It is written. He spoke it. He just didn't think it and say, oh, my, this is so tough. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Father, why is this happening to me? I should have stayed in heaven. He, 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 we don't see any of that dialogue. What he does is he confronts the enemy with the sword of the spirit. He says, it is written. It is written. It is written. Your bills come, my bills come. Whatever happened to the, the, the promise that my God will supply all my need according to his riches and glory. Do you ever speak that over your bills? You can, you should. Friday night, there was a bunch of us in here. We, we were decreeing. There were 75 different promises. We went in circles reading over you, over our church, promises from God's word, declarations about future things. And after each one of us would read it, the other ones would say, amen. The other ones would say, amen. In agreement, when we agree with God's word, it's already settled in heaven. You know, it says angels pay attention to God's word. So when you and me are speaking it and believing it and encouraging each other with the word of God, it's got life in itself. It can change things. It can change hearts. It can change families. It can change marriages. The hard part, you get out from under this atmosphere, and on Wednesday when things are coming, most of us by default don't say, what has God's word said about this? Most of us by default go into reasoning or some kind of things we've learned or been trained with, but when we start to fight these things with the Word of God and grow in the Word of God, we're going to see us taking ground in 2018. Amen? Say, speak it. Say, speak it with me. Speak the Word of God. We, we talked about it over there this morning. That word meditate comes from the, the thought of ruminating. A, a cow's chewing on grass, swallowing it, spitting it back up again, chewing it again. That's the literal Hebrew thought with meditating. It means to, to chew on it, to chew on it, to chew on it. Swallow it, let it come up again, chew on it some more till it gets in you, till it turns into milk, till it feeds you. Amen? This is what Scripture said, Romans 10, 17. We're almost done. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. How does faith come? Hearing, hearing. I can listen to it on TV and radio, but I also can listen to it when I speak it, and it gets in me, and it builds faith. Amen? Well, ushers, could you pass out communion, and I'm, I'm finishing right now. Last but not least, taking ground takes persistence. Say persistence. He said you got to obey, too. To take ground, there's, there's that obedience part that God trains us up in, so when he begins to speak to us, that we, we will obey him and we'll follow him. Amen? We'll, we'll listen to what he says. And we'll take ground when we're listening to God and responding to what he's asked us to do and then having the courage to walk forward in it. So th that's what my prayer is for you, that in this next season, these 21 days, that you will set time aside to, to really press in, 
that you'll be open as many of the words came, surrendering, open with God, like this is what needs to change. These are some things, Lord, I'm inviting you to work on. Sometimes when we talk about prayer and fasting, people think it just only in works. I just got to work harder. I got to work harder. You know, maybe not. Maybe in this season, it's not working harder. It's just surrendering more and, and, and stepping back and just being open before the Lord with some extra time and special time and let him speak to us.